Welcome into Inside the Den, your look inside Lee's McRae Athletics. Inside the Den is produced for the sole purpose of keeping Bobcat fans in the know and can be found on our website, lmcbobcats.com, or on SoundCloud. Just search Lee's McRae Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tim Hall. Welcome back Inside the Den. Today, I am sitting down with the head coach of the track and field team, Lee Fletcher. Coach Fletcher? Yep. Welcome back inside the den. All right. So uh, we're in the spring season. Uh, we're going to talk about indoor track and field. We're going to talk about outdoor track and field. But first, uh, this is your, if I'm correct, this is your 14th season coaching here at Lee's McRae, which uh, makes you the longest tenured active coach. Craig doesn't count because he was coach. He was here before you, but now he's an AD. But this is this is your 14th year. You've seen a lot. You've been through a lot here as a coach. What now about 2022 excites you most after all this time about being a coach here at Lee's McRae? Well, just the uh, progress with our, I would say, with our equipment budgets, um, they've gone way up. Um, yeah, our recruiting budgets have, have gotten a lot better. Um, facilities are starting to be improved. There, there's a there's a plan out there that uh, I think is going to help us uh, actually with our recruiting and retainment of uh, athletes, and that's going to make us, I think, a uh, much better program overall. Yeah. Uh, this is my ninth year here. Sure. And so I've got some catching up to do, but uh, but I coached against Lee's McRae before that and was friends with the coaches that were here at the time and and i i heard most of everything that was going on and i knew there's there were some tough times you know a decade or more ago sure sure i i think we're in a much uh better place now um i think the college is in a much uh it's it's a lot more uh, stable at this point um you know a much more relaxing place to be right now i would say yeah and well, and having gone through this past two years, you know, uh, as we've done what we've been doing and we're listening to administrators discuss the challenges that, that our bosses are having to make decisions about and put ourselves in a position where we do have all these nice things now, you know. Sure. We, we have the budgets we have. And, and that uh, I feel like, me personally, I feel like we as an institution, it sounds as if, we're doing a heck of a lot better than most other people right now. I think so. Um, you know, talking to my colleagues and things like that in the uh, track and field and cross country, um, the the my brother coaches around me, it seems like we are. Um, seems like our recruiting has done very well in the last couple of years through the through the COVID and those type things, and we've been very creative and uh, done a very good job with that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I didn't anticipate. Uh, recruiting visits to be more and for us to end up signing more people through this experience. But that's been our team experience is, is just that. And so, uh, which again, I think really stands out. Uh, okay. So getting into the season, you've, you've had three to this point in, in the day that we're recording this podcast, sure. by the time it posted that you might have another weekend that you, you do, but you've had three, meet weekends so far in the indoor season of track and field uh what are some of the standout performances you've had so far uh i've got some names here some people who've put down some some fabulous school breaking 
record times in the 5,000 meter, 55 meter dash, triple jump, 300 meter dash. Um, I, I, I don't know a whole lot about track and field, but I would think faster times have got to mean things are going in the right direction. Sure. I mean, you know, the faster the time, the uh, better uh, qualifications, better seedings you get at meets. I'm sure it's kind of, kind of this kind of similar to your sport in that way. Um, at this point, uh, of course, uh, Zai Frazier, she's uh, nationally qualified in the uh, long jump and the triple jump. Um, of course, uh, Deanna Betts are on the women's side has broke both school records in the 5,000 and 3K. Mm. And um, Gene Orjean has broke our uh, 55 and 60 meter uh, sprint records, uh, along with uh, Brittany Augustine has uh, also broke uh, – the 60 and the 200 meter uh, records at this point. And, and they're right on the edge of uh, qualifying for national. So we're, we're hoping in the next three meets that we'll, we might get those, those two guys in and have multiple kids go. So for you as a coach, what, what do you feel like that's meant number one for the program when each weekend you're, you're traveling to a race and you've got now uh, competitors being able to achieve these things. How has that sort of changed the, your own expectations of what's going to happen any given weekend. And is there anybody else on the team who is thriving, even though maybe they're not the ones doing this yet, but are they thriving and feeding off of the success their teammates are having? We're sure. I mean, you know, the uh, upperclassmen are basically are the ones doing that. Now, Gene is a freshman, but um, they're, they're seeing that that can be done. And we're, you know, we're, we're, uh, racing and competing uh higher than just the conference level and we're we're trying to get kids to nationals and uh get get to that point where we're uh competitive on that side mm-hmm. well last year correct me if i'm wrong i think you had one athlete that qualified for nationals share with the listeners how just how tough that is because there's standards that oh, you have to meet yeah um NCA Division Two track and field um, doesn't quite have the depth as D one does, but you have to run pretty similar to those times to make the national meet for sure. And it, it is a very tough situation to get there. And if you do, you've really you've accomplished a lot. Yeah. Well, I know we had Sean Weddle on recently talking about the swim team, and, and they're experiencing the same thing. Sure. Their swimmers are are swimming faster times and breaking school records of course his program is pretty new so sure yeah the whole goal is they they need to be breaking records he knows that but he was discussing how just the whole conference that he's in everyone is posting times that are just getting faster and faster and and there's a way that uh you listeners out there you can go to conference carolina's website ncaa's website and you can see these times right there in front of you so uh, do you yourself, do you get caught up in that? Uh, just the, uh, you know, knowing what it is it's going to take to achieve a certain uh, distance or time or whatever it might be to, to do that. What is your, how do you fit your coaching style within knowing if we want more athletes to go to nationals, uh, there's these standards you have to hit. So how do you, how do you do that? Well, um, Looking at looking at that, I do do a lot of stat watching for sure late at night and, and see where my athletes are ranked going into it and uh, where we need to uh, get a little, you know, maybe maybe work a little harder in certain events to get there um, if they're close. Um, but I, 
yeah, I, I would say that internally, um, when the kids kids look at that, also, I mean, they, they're looking at it just like the coaches. So they're getting a little bit more competitive, uh, probably inside the team a little bit. Everybody's trying to hit those hit those standards all the time, for sure. So I think that that um, pushes pushes kids to uh, you know work a little harder every so often, mm-hmm. for sure. So as you step back from this, what do you feel like? is happening within the team or within the culture of the team, within the kids themselves, that's contributing to the success that you've you've had this season and this development of, all right, uh, it's not going to be just Coach Fletcher and one person maybe going to Nationals. It's going to be you and a small crew. What's really going on to help facilitate that? Well, I, I would say, you know, track and field is a lot of sports inside one sport. There's a lot of events. So – um, I would say that um, just just being able to um, just being able to spread ourselves out enough to hit every event um, and give them the uh, proper amount of time um, to practice and uh, get better um, those type things um, helps helps the kids get better and better. Mm. Well, and I would imagine that one of the challenges that you have that a handful of our teams do, I would think in my head that this maybe affects you even more, uh, is facilities in winter. Sure. And being able to just get work done in a way that it's like, I know softball is about to kick your season off sure. soon. I don't think coach Fuller's been able to get on the field here. I don't know any, you know, yet, sure. uh, for you, we've had snow on Tate field <laughs> yeah. for weeks now. Right. How have you and your team been able to do what you've been doing the past few years? What sort of adjustments do you have to make with your training or where you train? Sure. And how do you pull that off this time of year? Well, uh, from a from a distance coach's standpoint, we spend a lot of time on Hickory Nut Gap, Dobbins <laughs> Road. We'll uh, we'll find we'll find places like that flat flat uh, patches of road where we can do our interval training just like we would do on the track. And I'm following them around in my Jeep quite a bit, those type things. And uh, Coach Boyset has been uh, very creative using the SRC and some of the indoor spots we have on campus. He's done a really good job with that. But more than anything, it's it's helped us that the kids have kind of bought into that. They haven't complained about it. And they've just kept going on and going on and just working, working as hard as they can with what they got at this point. Yeah. Well – there's been many times when I myself have been out riding somewhere. Uh, lot, <laughs> a lot of times when I see you and the runners is I'm riding a gravel bike down on Watauga River Road. That seems sure. to be a fra- favorite of y'all's. Yeah, yeah, the kids really love that. That's a great place to do, um, f- particularly for the distance runners, to do a hard tempo runs, to do speed play runs, uh, mile repeats, those type things. Mm-hmm those kind of workouts yeah well it's a it's a great for anyone who doesn't know if you wanted just a a nice really pleasant drive ride run walk whatever <clears throat> watauga river road down along watauga river down in the valley crucis community ish is a really it's a beautiful place i, I mm-hmm. love it uh, i rode by there yesterday as a matter of fact uh all right so you had uh what you were at appalachian state sure you were at etsu yep and you're going through this indoor season, but soon about to transition to the outdoor season. 
All right, I'm going to ask this question because sure. I'm, I'm uh, just clueless on how the, the two are different. Uh, explain you know, what is the difference about the indoor season versus the outdoor? Uh, is it, is it the, of course, your outdoors, but is it the events that you get to do? Is it the athletes that are involved? What, what are the, the unique differences of those two different uh, types of events? Well, first of all, when you hit the outdoor season, <clears throat> you're outside, you're in the elements a little bit more. And also the track goes from 200 and 300-meter tracks to a 400-meter track. So it gets bigger. So say your 55 and your 60-meter sprints, those go to 100-meter races. And your hurdles go from, uh, say, 60-meter uh, high and low hurdles. They go to 110-meter uh, hurdles. And then they'll run the 400-hurdle events. And from a uh, distance side, you'll go from, uh, you know, your 800 up to the 5K. You'll actually uh, – you'll uh, the mile turns into the 1500. You go all the way – the three 3K turns into the steeplechase, which is over barriers and the water mm -hmm. jump those type things, and you add a, add a 10K in there for the longer guys. Um, also, on the throw side, you'll go from, say, uh, the hammer and – and uh, not the hammer, the weight and the weight will turn into the hammer throw, and you'll also add the discus and javelin out there. So you, you add quite a few events um, that they can do outside, um, <clears throat> and it, it turns in, you know, just uh, more a lot more events out there. Yeah, During and outdoor I season. would. That's a longer day. <laughs> a much some yes, a much longer day. Now, sometimes the indoor can be a little longer because you don't have as much space. Hmm. So those could, in smaller tracks, so that can be sometimes longer. But yeah, it can it can turn into long days. So for you, uh, do you have athletes who specialize in just indoor or just? I know, of course, some <clears throat> of the events dictate the outdoor side of things, but. Uh, do most of your athletes who are competing on the indoor side, they just transition straight into the outdoor side of it? Yeah, all the runners do. The only ones who may specialize a little bit outdoor, maybe your javelin and hammer throwers, um, basically the, those uh, are you know just set for outdoor events. So mm -hmm. um, every now and again you'll get some kids like that. Mm -hmm. All right, so speaking of this outdoor season – uh, it starts in mid-March sure. after we get back from uh, spring break. Uh, what excites you about that? What meets do you have there? Uh, the ones that you're, uh, you know, like in our season, I, we talk on our team about naturally we want to be our best at national championship events. Sure. But there's always, I tell them, the, the most important ones are the, the, the two to three ones before that because it's always an indication of just how well we we can perform at the national event but for you like what is that what are some of those events that you're most looking forward to to give you that 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 knowledge that that confidence that yep we we've got some people to compete at nationals sure and generally uh with the track and field season um we just go right from uh, like you said spring break that's actually our national championship so we'll be right at the end of spring break and then we'll go right to outdoor the next weekend um, but generally every event we're uh, competing at, we're trying to, we're trying to hit a, hit a race every other weekend. So we're trying to have a hard week, very hard week of training weekend off, then an easier, little easier, uh, bit of training, 
um, maybe a medium hard workout and then really pinpoint the every invitational and trying to run fast or jump or throw as, as far as we can. Um, I would say probably uh, the ones we really pinpoint, of course, um, we will be going to LR this year, Lenore Ryan. We will also hit um, North Carolina A&T, um, um, those two venues, and uh, Montreat. So we want to run well with those. But the uh, what we're really focusing for is uh, our conference championships in Mount Olive at the end of April. And then after that, we'll run some last chance meets or race at some race and compete at some last chance meets and uh, see see who all we can get to nationals mm-hmm. that way. And your sport, I know, is a lot like ours in the sense that training and preparation, periodization, sure, peaking, oh yeah, is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what your athletes are like when they come to you, and I, I just know in reference to cycling. Uh, is that a big part of the coaching side for you is working with these athletes to help them understand? I mean, they've already been through that, you know, in the, college, in the high school level a little bit, but uh, peaking is an art uh, and, and it's tough to do sure. and, and tough to get and, and it's uh, and it's a science. But how have you incorporated that into uh, into your sport and helping the kids understand it? Because I think a lot of people out there just think, like like they have a ball sport mentality with everything like you want to be as good as you can right. be every single race but in our sports endurance sports sure uh it's that's just not the case right you you definitely will have to train through a few races here and there you're going to be sore every now and again and you're not going to and you don't want to feel great right in the middle of the year you want that to happen right at the end of the season when you're fresh um when it comes to the peak phase for me i want i want them to feel a little bit more rested and ready to go, but I don't want to change the routine too much, if that makes sense. So I want to do still the same things, maybe a little bit of a lighter load, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, taper a little bit. But not change routine. Right, right. Right. Don't shock the body. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just a a big part of what we do, uh, the the art of of peaking, if you can pull that off, and and how that's going to play into – the build week to week to week. And like you say, I get excited when our competition is flying at the beginning of the season, when they're, when they're kicking everybody's butt, the early part or middle part of the season, I'm just, I'm smiling. I'm like, that's good. That's good because they can't hold this forever. That's correct. Yeah. So, well, I, I, I thought that it was probably the same in your sport as well. So, okay. Uh, one last thing. Sure. Uh, you mentioned him earlier. Uh, you've got a, He's been with us for a little while, uh, but you've got a new assistant coach, uh, John Boissette, and I just want to have you just share, like, all right, what's uh, what you had a strong assistant prior to John, sure, who really helped get you uh, and and help. You, we've talked about this before in earlier podcast of how uh, your previous assistant had a specialty that freed you up to to focus on some right. things, and I'm curious with your your new assistant, John what he brings to the table, the impact he's had, and, and how that's helping you continue to build on what you've got going. John is a very, very good technical coach. He lives and breathes track and field. I th- you know, that's his – that. I mean, just that, loves that it. That goes a long way. It <laughs> just loves it. And, uh, you know, a really good young coach, just uh, eager to um, – he's already got a great knowledge of the sport, but just wants to learn and learn and learn. 
So he just absorbs as much knowledge as he can, which is really exciting to watch. And um, the the kids really um, really love what he's doing right now. Um, he's got a he's got a, a, a real good team right now. It, they're really bonding together and doing well. Yeah. At this point. Well, I saw John when he first got here uh, over in the admissions office and. I think he was there to meet with a recruit, and I was over there to meet sure. with a recruit. I, I thought he was a recruit. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I every now and again, I, you know, I'm getting a little older, so my eyes aren't as good. So I'll, be look, I'll look across the field and think it is one of our athletes. And particularly if he's, um, you know, showing them drills or things like that. I'm th- And then I'm like, oh, well, that's that's our assistant there. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, it – Maybe share how important it is, two things. One, I've got a younger assistant myself. And, yeah, we're we're mature, experienced adults now. And uh, how important it is for to have someone on your staff who is closer in age to the people on your team who can they can relate to and work with. And also that he's out there with them. Right, right, right. Um, he relates to everything they, you know, everything they do. He's been there, done that. So, you know, he can, he, there's nothing they can get by him. That's for sure. Yeah. So, well, I, I, I just think that's a, that's an important piece as I, the years, as the years go by, it's, it's, uh, I, I see the value in having that person who can, um, balance you, like sure. how, what you bring to the table right, as a coach right, and right. then the things that you are not being able to to provide for whatever reason to your team that you have this assistant that compliments you and it's not just a carbon copy of you oh and it's also you know it's great when kids come in for meetings and things like that and uh they're seeing your perspective but then you get a younger guy's perspective with a with the uh, athlete too um so they get to see both sides of it um so i think that's a that's a really good thing too yeah well well that's good to hear that uh you got the momentum continuing to build and to grow it just makes me wonder like well if if all this is possible and on the horizon like well what could it look like in 2023 2024 uh at not just for your team but really for our entire department you know we've come pretty long long way way. yeah we're doing a lot better i mean our athletics have improved so much in the last uh five years it's incredible we, I would say a lot of uh, seller sports are now in the top five competing for championships, which is really exciting. And when that happens, when other when uh, other teams see other teams being successful, they are looking at that going, hey, man, we can do that also. Mm-hmm. So, and they, you know, they get that in their hearts and they, they want to uh, compete just as hard as everybody else and, uh, you know, do as well as everybody else. So I think that uh, gets them going. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, good. Well, Coach Fletcher? Thanks for being on Inside the Den, and I wish you the best in the rest of the season. All right. Good luck to you also. To listen to this episode again or to find previous episodes, go to our website, lmcbombcats.com, or find us on SoundCloud by searching Lees McRae Athletics. And as always, go Bobcats.